The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. You're tuning in to Flawed and Fabulous. I'm Ash and I like to think, although we're all flawed, we're also fucking fabulous. Welcome to my first podcast. I am freaking out, but I do have producer Courtney here with me today to keep me on track. Hi, Courts. Hello, congratulations. How hey. exciting. Oh, I'm a bit nervous and excited, but thank you. First of all, what the fuck is this podcast? Well, this is going to be one hell of a ride. I'm going to be telling you about all the different things that happen in my life, what I've overcome, what I'm going through, and basically some helpful hints and tips to get you through it too. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to tell you my life motto. The glass can either be half full, half empty, or fucking overflowing just the way I like it. The reason why I wanted to do this podcast is because I had this like how Stella got her groove back mentality. I was feeling drab and I wanted to be fab. So I basically thought I need more fulfillment in my life. I want to put myself out there and do more for myself and for others. Now to fill you in on how I'm flawed and how I'm fabulous, I'm going to give you a little brief history about myself. I grew up in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne in your average family of four, mum, dad, older brother. We had a very basic life. We were the ones that had roast every Sunday, spaghetti on Tuesdays, and you know our parents put away money each year for Christmas presents, but by no means were we spoilt. When I was about 11, shit hit the fan between mum and dad. They got divorced and she packed us up and moved us to sunny Queensland to escape him or the weather. Grew up in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne where I attended a Catholic primary school with a name that's very hard to pronounce, St Scholasticus. Yes, it's a thing and try and spell it when you're in prep. Then I carried on to go to an all-girls Catholic college that had a delightful uniform of pink, red and brown. We were referred to as the red rags. If you don't know what that is, have a Google and a laugh. Um, I didn't do very well at school. I wasn't very attentive. I hate theory. I don't really like homework. I don't enjoy writing. I usually just pretended that I handed my assignment in and told the teacher that I lost it because I'm so old. We didn't have electronics back then. Everything was written. Um, So I scraped by the hair of my teeth for year 12 because I really wanted to go to the formal and wear my floss pink dress. That was amazing. Um, And then I basically went into my working years where I worked at a different array of places like Maccas, which I think every person with a good career backbone started at Maccas, and then had a few fun jobs like working in modelling and casting agencies. Then I went to a car yard because I was chasing the big bucks and I was living the life there. I was 20, I was earning over three grand a week. I was doing the role of a middle-aged man, which was a stock controller building cars using codes, very underqualified, but I made it happen. Then shortly after that, the dealership sold and then I had to get fired basically by the new owner because he's like, you can't earn that much money. You don't have any skills. So I took my ass back to Melbourne and worked in a solarium, got some sunspots that I'm a bit concerned about and then left there and came back to the Gold Coast which is home. I love the Gold Coast. I love living here. I think it's one of the best places in the world. 
Shortly after moving back, I was a little bit um, lost in love as well. I had not had a serious relationship in a long time. I went through phases in my life where I just slept with a lot of people and then I thought, well, you can't continue doing that. Well, you can if you want, but I didn't want to. So I was kind of looking for the man. I wasn't really keen on marriage or kids, but I definitely wanted a partner to share my life with. Enter Horn. Now, you're going to hear a lot about Horn over this podcast. Um, he's the reason why I needed to get my groove back. But in the meeting, in, Horn was and probably still is the man of my dreams. He was staring at me with those big dark eyes and I was like, who the fuck are you? I want you. I'm going to have you. And that I did. At the time, he did have a girlfriend, which obviously isn't very kosher. Most girls are probably going to be like, fucking bitch. But we were 20. It's not a big deal at 20. There was no children involved. It was just puppy love. Well, that's what what I say to make myself feel better anyway. So we never did anything wrong, but three months passed. And then I was like, look, you have to choose. It's me or her. He chose me. So um, we started living together. Sorry. Producer Courtney's also picked me up on the who is Horn because it, it's not Vaughn like a hairdresser for five years did call him Vaughn and it was too awkward after like three years to correct her so I'd be like Vaughn's good, he's really good. Um, but it's Horn with a H like a bip bip um, and it's a nickname that comes from our last name which is Hornsby and um, he actually used to get called Horno and I wasn't about it. I was like that's a bit like Robbo, Shawno, Horno so I just trimmed it down to be Horn. So if I'm referring to Horn in this it's not a beep beep it is my husband. On our one year anniversary he proposed in Port Douglas when I was looking so fabulous in my new braces that I'd had just put on. I was very much enjoying my holiday in Port Douglas when I couldn't eat or drink because I had ulcers all over my mouth but hey great time to propose. So we went carried about our lives doing what in Engaged people do, planned a wedding in Bali. This is before Bali weddings were cool. Anyway, so moving along from that, we then soon after had two children. One is the most gorgeous little angel sent from the heavens above and the other one is a spawn sent from Satan who just does my head in on the daily. But hey, a little bit of yin, a little bit of yang, it's good for everyone. My kids are five and seven and they're actually my not-so-twin twins. They're born on the same day, two years apart. All right, so before we keep going, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about more. Like you said he was like the man of your dreams. Like tell me a bit more about Horn. Well, I didn't actually know what I was looking for until I found it, if that makes sense. He was such a hard worker, like working. He had started his own business just when um, I met him. was like three months old. He had his own house already. Like he had his head screwed on. And for me, who was in like 30 grand worth of debt and buying vodka Red Bull jugs with my money at Fisho's, I was like, I need someone with some money or at least to teach me how to be good with mine. So he was into motorbikes, loved living life on the edge. He basically would be, he was like a competitive motorbike person. He, the one with no seat where you bounce up hills and mountains and do all this scoring thing. So he was like statewide champion, national champion, but this was all in his teen years before um, he took work seriously and then realised that he can't do all of this. But yeah, he loved to drink. He was like the most like amazing friend to everyone. He was the life of the room and, you know, everyone really loved being around him. So you said that you didn't really sort of, your life goal wasn't marriage and kids. So how did he change that for you? Well, he asked me to marry him. And if you want to stay with someone, you have to say yes. (laughs) So that's like (laughs) trap one. And then, (laughs) no, I was more than happy to marry him. It just wasn't, you know, if you come from a broken home, it's just a bit of paper. 
you know, it's not something that is like this lifelong thing where you look at other people's families and you think, oh, that's so amazing, you're still together. How? Do they love each other still? Like, is that, you know, I kind of thought, oh, you know, well, I just have like a husband like every like 10 to 15 years of my life. That's like what people do now, right? Like Dolly Parton, Liza, like, it's, you know, it's people that I don't actually know about that Dolly Parton. She just came into my head. <laughs> I think Dolly's been with the same man. I know. Like I felt years. bad when I said it. I'm like, I've just put her and I don't even know I meant Marilyn. <laughs> but, like Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, maybe? Elizabeth Taylor, Liza. Like they've all Kim had that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. See, modern day, modern day marriages. But yeah, like with the children, that was just one of those things that I think people did when you've been together for a certain amount of time. Like you just go, well, what else are we going to do? And because we had our business, we weren't holidaying. We weren't travellers. We never went anywhere. Like we would go out to Broad Beach for the weekend and be like, woo, we've got to go back to work the next day. So context, the Gold Coast. That's the Gold Coast. Suburb on yeah, the Gold it's Coast. like the next suburb to where we lived. We were going five kilometres. So we weren't venturing out much. So I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, let's let's do it, I guess. Okay, I'm sick of you asking me. So let's just see how it goes. Anyway, Worst. I have something that's called hyperemesis, which is basically what like Prince Kate gets. So it is like morning, day, evening, night. You mean Princess Kate, right? Oh, what do I call it? <laughs> Prince Kate. <laughs> but, um, so me and Prince Kate, great friends. No, Princess Kate. I'll just call her Kate, okay? Everyone should know who I'm talking about by saying Kate. Yeah, so I was literally in bed from six weeks to nine months, hospitalised. I had to move in with my mum and she had to look after me because I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink and Horn was always at work and he smelt funny and I didn't want to be around him. So just shacked up with mum again, which was lovely going home again after all those years. Great. Then, yeah, then I thought, well, you can't have one child because like, well, you can. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't want one because then they'd be super needy and dependent on me. And that was obviously not something I wanted. So we thought, hey, let's have another one. Well, if he was first, we'd still be sitting on one. I tell you that much because he's just fills a room. The child does. He just demands the attention. He's lovely. He's not aggressive. He's very placid. Doesn't scream. So you know how mums love to multitask? I thought, hey, I've just had a baby. Why don't I go work with my husband at his business and do his his office stuff? It'll be fine. At this time, we only had four employees. So I was like, no problem. So busy working away at our um, factory, we make kitchen bench tops. So it's a very machine-based, tool-based, noisy, loud, dirty, gross, but it pays the bills and he loved it. So I was happy to go and work there. And then baby number two came along and I couldn't get him into kindy. So he actually came to work with me in his little bassinet and we just chilled. At this point, we had grown from a, a small staff to nearly 25. So it was way fast paced and everything like that. And but th- things were good. Like we were, loved working, life was grand. And now we get to the real core of why this podcast is happening. With having two kids, a successful business and a darling husband, we were celebrating our wedding anniversary on Friday the 3rd of March and on Sunday 
the 5th of March, I was a 31-year-old widow with two kids and a business to take care of. Just when I thought things couldn't get any worse, we had a family trip already booked to go to Fiji and I didn't obviously have anyone to go and I was like, I need to still live my life. Like, we've paid this money for the trip. The kids will enjoy it. Like, all the things that go through your head. And I was like, okay, I'm going on. Who am I going to take? I'm like, well, I'll take one of my friends and, you know, we'll like, you know, bulla bulla around the island. It'll be fine. And then someone suggested me to take my mum and I was like, cool, going to take mum. So no offence to my mum because I love her to the moon and back, but she was the pooper in the party on this trip and I didn't understand why. She loves a rosé, like she loves a pina colada, but she's drinking the banana smoothies around the pool all day and it just wasn't good. I knew something was off, but I just thought that she was sad. Shortly after we got back from our holiday, mum took herself to the doctors and she was diagnosed with terminal bile duct cancer. For those of you that don't know what a bile duct is, it's in your liver. I knew what it was because I've been so hungover that I vomit bile, so I knew that it was something to do with the liver. So mum's bile duct was not good and she was given the news that it was terminal. I'm thinking, my husband died and my mum's about to die and this is in like months of each other, like this is actually not happening to me and I hadn't even been there for my mum because I was being there for my kids and myself and my business and other people and feeling sad, oh, it's like your friend died. Like I was just, my mind was just like, fuck. So this professor basically saved her life and um, she was in remission and things were going really well and then um, unfortunately two to three months ago we had the news that the cancer's come back um, and she can't have an operation for it because the operation was too big the first time and she hadn't really fully recovered from that. She basically started chemo two months ago and, you know, it's an awful thing to watch, you know, the people that you love and cancer affects so many people. I feel like everyone you talk to has a cancer story. Cancer is everywhere. Cancer is depressing. But part of the reason why I want to do this podcast is like, Sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter how many blows you have, you can still find a way to pick yourself up, to find your happy space, to find that time for you. Even if you are always feeling pulled for other people, you're the most important person in your life, whether you think so or not. All right, Ash, I want to learn like a little bit more about you so the listeners get to know. So tell us a little bit about like your, are you into astrology? You said that you were Catholic, you're religious. Like tell us like a little bit about like your belief system. I'm probably more into the universe than I am religion. I don't practice anything like as a ritual. I'm definitely kind of on the the path to that. I do meditate, but when I say I meditate, like I meditate in bed and fall asleep to the tape. So like I'm working towards it. You're not supposed to fall asleep, I've been told, but it's really relaxing. (laughs) But I'm not, um, I did go to the Catholic primary school and high school, but my children go to Catholic school too, but we don't go to church on Sundays. Okay, and on your Instagram... There's like a lot of sunsets. What's that about? They're sunrises. Oh, sunrises. Yes. Sorry. No, that's okay. I like a sunset, but we don't actually get any here. Really. Well, where I live on the beach, there's not. So the sun, um, the sunrise to me is such a long story, but in a, a short nutshell, it's my kind of like hour of power, I like to call it. I am very fortunate to be able to have a nanny that comes to my house every morning and that allows me to go for my beach walk. I also recently purchased myself a sauna that's in my house. Wow, how fancy. I know, I'm so excited about it. So I do a walk in a sauna every day and possibly I might jump in the ocean, but I haven't done that yet since being at my new place. 
So I've heard you refer to yourself as a spiritual gangster. What does that mean? Yeah, well, you know when you're like a badass but you want to be good? It's like <laughs> it's like that combo. Like I want to get drunk and I want to listen to gangster rap. But then I also want to like meditate on the beach and focus on my breathing. So are you the kind of person that like goes to a retreat or? Funny you mentioned that because I've just had my 34th birthday. So I'm no longer 31. This is this is a bit later for you guys. This isn't all happening now. And I purchased myself two things. One, the sauna. And two, I purchased myself a retreat in Bali for a week. That is a balance, like a spiritual gangsterish one too. It's not all yoga and surfing. It's more about doing the work. Is it like you cut it? hand your phone in at the start? No, I would not go anywhere without my phone. It would just freak me out. And also being like the sole parent for my children, it's just something that would give me complete anxiety, not being able to like know that they're okay or FaceTime them or check in with them. So yeah, phones, phones are must tick. So if you were going to give me three words to describe yourself, what would they be? Oh, I would say I'm very generous. And that's something that's super important to me is to, you know, appreciate the people around you and, you know, give back to a situation, especially when I had so many people be there for me in my hard times. I'm also a bit funny or witty, funny or witty. I don't know which one. And I'm kind. I'll just ask you one last question. So say a random person just walks up to you on the street or slides into your DMs Mm -hmm. and they ask you like, what the hell is your podcast about? Tell me. Oh, good question. The podcast for me is like the, I hate to use the word journey, but my life was like five stars. Everything was on track. Goals were being set. They were being met. We were on the path to success, our version of success, not everyone's version of success. And in one weekend, my life turned to shit. It went from being five stars to like no one would trade with me if I paid them. And believe me, I tried. I was like, come on, take it. It's yours. It's yours. It's fine. So for me, it's about explaining the process, being honest about the process, how I can have some really belly laughing moments and I can have some really, you know, sad, like heartbreaking moments too. And that's life. That's what I was talking about at the start. That is flawed you know, life is flawed. You can't control everything. And for someone like me that was like, now I call myself a recovering perfectionist because I realise I can't be perfect. There's too much in my life that when I was ticking all the boxes, perfect was, you know, a plus for me. But now my version is perfect is to be flawed and address my flaws and own them, I guess. Okay, Ash, so we know a little bit about your past. Where are you at now? Okay, so right now I'm still working in our business. We're about to turn 14 next week. Uh, My mum is wrapping up her last round of chemo um, and I am in a relationship and we are like the modern day Mike and Carol Brady. My partner's wife passed away and we are currently in therapy trying to blend our families, which has been interesting. Can't wait to hear more on that. Yeah. (laughs) Now the part I'm really excited for is a little segment that's going to be featured every episode called From With Love Ash and it's my chance to give something back to you. Each week we'll be gifting something different, whether it's from me or one of our guests. This week, since it's our first episode, the gift's on me and it's a $250 Visa debit card for you to spend on whatever you like. Whether you want to pamper yourself or pay a bill, the choice is yours. And all you have to do to enter is subscribe to this podcast Lord and Fabulous on Apple Podcasts, rate and review and leave your Instagram handle in the review. Then jump over to Instagram and follow me at With Love Ash. The winner will be announced on my Instagram one week from this podcast going live. 
Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. And just remember, we're all flawed, but we're also fucking fabulous. This podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. To stay up to date with me, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Leave me a review and follow me on Instagram at Ash.